Welcome back, y'all, to episode 78 of the Zachary Wingate podcast, where we go 365 days. Nothing is off the table, and by 78, I really mean 77, gotcha. So sit back, relax, and listen, join the podcast, and let's go. Okay, so kind of getting into like a hot topic right now is currently what is going on in China. So if we break it down kind of at a fundamentalist level, this week within Beijing, the 20th Chinese Congress met. And what that means is roughly around every five years, the Communist Party has a meeting, um, the 20th Congress Party for this year, and they do it numerically. So every five years. So, you know, they put a number on it and and go from there. So kind of the story that's coming out of China now is Hu Jintao, who was the former premier um, prior to Xi Jinping, was um, escorted out before the voting. Now, within the, the Communist Party, in my personal opinion, I think they're more of a socialist, capitalist society based on how their economy is a focal point of what they do. Obviously, they don't have necessarily free market capitalization, but within certain aspects of the government, they allow for free market capabilities, um, if you will. So I just wanted to throw that in the next excerpt. But as we kind of dial into this, um, Hu Jintao, and just to get the context of Hu Jintao, um, Hu Jintao was the premier before... Xi Jinping and while I was actually in China he changed office and Hu Jintao was very much focused on establishing strong relations with the United States he sent he saw them more as an ally um, and Hu Jintao really focused on creating and developing those relations in a lot of ways too there wasn't ever these issues of um national security or kind of testing the boundaries you know during his premiership you know relations with hong kong were good um you know because hong kong was transitioned over from the british in the 90s you know there wasn't like this hostility that's kind of being created in my personal opinion i think relations were really good but within china what happens with the premiers is the party votes them so the reason why we're talking about it is this week Hu Jintao was escorted out of the the 20th Congress before the votings and he was sitting left to Xi Jinping. Now, there's a lot of um, debate, analysis, etc. about what's going on within China and there's a few opinions of brewing. Now, the first one that's more on the dramatic side is there is a purge starting to go on within the Chinese Communist Party. And, you know, when you say the word purge in the Chinese government party, it's it's a very strong word. I mean, I don't know if you guys are familiar with but Yao, you know, um, Mao Zedong kind of created the first purges that happened within the government after the Tang Dynasty when he took over and made a transition point. Um, even Deng Xiaoping, who ended up being the premier in the 80s, was purged twice and essentially exiled to his home. Other people, as they were purged, were sent to work camps. 
to be re re indoctrinated into the China Chinese um, propaganda. So purging itself is used as a form in which to grind somebody down and potentially silence them. Now, I haven't heard anything from Hu Jintao politically, so you know I'm just putting it out there. It's not like Hu Jintao is going out here and speaking out and 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 saying things that are going on within China. I mean it's been relatively quiet since the transition of power around 2011. Now, next thing that could potentially be happening is there could have been health issues. Now, if you watch the video of Hu Jintao being escorted out, they say, too, that there could be potentially health issues um, kind of happening because when you see him being lifted up and taken out, he ticks to, he talks to... Um, Deng Shish, or I'm sorry, Xi Jinping, and it seems pretty casual, nothing too crazy. And they escort him out in a really casual way. What the Shah News is saying is that as a result of this, um, Hu Jintao was having some health issues. Hu Jintao is 79, born in 1942, so that could be a potential reason as well. But it's really interesting to see it. So kind of giving an overview of the delegation for the 20th, Communist Party. The first thing to understand is um, about 2,300 communist members of the higher echelon of the circle met during this, this the 20th um, Communist Party. And there's roughly, I think, around 96 million card card carrying Communist Party individuals. And to understand different aspects of the Communist Party, it's in all aspects of the culture. You know, when I was there. Um, teaching in Peace Corps, there was a communist member party within the English department. There was a communist party within different departments. And then what they really did is just try to make sure that things were being to the standard of the quote-unquote communist party. And really the intention of the of this meeting is they meet every five years and they kind of establish what the Chinese policy will be for the next five years. So um, all echelons of the Communist Party of higher leadership coming together. So the low tier, mid tier, and top tier, which is the Hu Jintao, um, the Xi Jinping tier type individuals of the Communist Party. Two within these, the 20th Congress, they also vote on who is going to be the next premier. You know, getting into a little bit about Xi Jinping. Um, you know, President Xi, in a lot of ways, is revered as the second coming of Mao Zedong and for us in the West we're like oh that's doesn't sound very good but what you're getting is potentially a Mao 2.0 and he's 69 years old and he's been in office since 2012 and it doesn't look like he's going anywhere it seems like the Chinese party just really likes his approach and kind of how he's driving China um and currently you know it's he's not a Western first person. He doesn't have the same premiership and thoughts as Hu Jintao did. It's more of this Chinese first, you know, China number one, you know, taking back certain things like Hong Kong, you know, and this kind of transitions to the next point of Taiwan, which, you know, um, Taiwan in itself is a hot topic for the Chinese government going all the way back to Nixon and Kissinger who did a secret trip to China, you know, one of the first kind of moments where China was open. Nixon met with Mao Zedong, and they kind of determined um, 
how to deal with the Vietnam War, but one aspect of it was Taiwan, even making sure that China no longer saw Taiwan as a independent um, democracy and or the capital of China. And that's kind of when we started to move as a nation to see Beijing as the capital of China. So Taiwan is kind of becoming a hot button issue and a lot of analysts and people thinking as a result of Ukraine and Russia relations that the United States is bogged down within Europe and they strategically couldn't provide any aid and or um, needed help if China wanted to eventually take over Taiwan. So not to say that it won't happen. You know, it's like looking at the context of history. You know, there's a very, very famous quote. um, And it really is a reflection of power. And it goes, the strong do what they will. And the weak do what they must. And this in itself is kind of coming into the narrative for what Taiwan's going to do. Because in a lot of ways, you know, they cannot compete with China, but the United States has been propping them up because they are a democracy um, and giving them jets, etc., missile capabilities, things that China doesn't have. So although Taiwan is a smaller country, they have inferior or they have better military arms. So we're kind of getting into this hot button issue. And in a lot of ways, you know, it's it's presumably believed that Xi Jinping wants to take back Taiwan. In understanding kind of how the Chinese Communist Party works is there's 906 million members. So these are card holders, people who are just part of the policies and they don't really have like a strong influence. Now the next tier is the delegation and there's about 2,300 Congress members coming from every province, kind of like how we in a way have senators in the House. This is kind of the reflection of it. And the next one is the center committees, and there's about 380 members of them. So this is the next tier. So if you're out of the delegation, there's 380 members, still kind of like the House and Senate type approach. And then you get to the political distribution, which is state members, and that's about 25 communist members. And then you get all the way to the top, where there's seven members, and that's kind of like... You know, the sec- that, that are the people who are kind of running China. So you have Xi Jinping at the top and you have different members within. So that's kind of the tier system for how they develop it and the structure for the Communist Party. And those elite seven kind of run, they're running the Chinese government for the most part. Um, and you're kind of getting that with, within a lot of stuff. That's why, you know, the significance of Hu Jintao to be escorted out with him being one of the top seven members kind of gives the context to it. But it's really interesting to kind of see where we're going to be at in the next two to three years with China as it relates to relations. There's a lot of people who want to speculate, but, you know, a lot of ways what it comes down to is, you know, people are kind of scared of whatever the aspects of China is. You know, what's really interesting is that, you know, within the last five years, Peace Corps was taken out of China um, and that was a result of Mark Rubio um, not feeling like it was necessary to have these relations. I don't agree. I think the more relations with China, the better, um, because we do have a strategic partnership with them. You know, it's like how, you know, this is something that our leaders created before us. 
we're kind of stuck with it going all the way back to President Nixon. So how we just can't turn our back on China because our economies are so infused with one another. You know, you think about how, you know, another aspect is Hu Jintao has to keep a billion people employed. You know, if he starts fighting or having these conflicts with the United States, you know, we drive so much of their economy. Now, the flip side of that is, you know, what's going on with this one belt, one road initiative. And that's kind of what the policy Xi Jinping has really created, creating kind of this backdoor road to the Gwadar port going into Iran, you know, you know, also also shipping channels going into Africa. So, you know, you don't really know if if, you know, China, it looks like is trying to kind of potentially transition their not necessarily transition their economy, but transition you know, kind of the access to the Gwadar port and the One Belt, One Road. And if you look at it, it has to go through Xinjiang. It has to go through Pakistan and do a, different, a lot of different things like this in order to get it. So that's really a reflection of Xi. So if we're having five more years of Xi as the premier, um, there's going to be a lot more of these kind of transition points where China is trying to gain significantly more power. They're trying to establish themselves. And, you know, for us as the, you know, coming from a Western standpoint, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. So kind of just giving analysis of the 20th Congress as it relates also to the show, the walking out of Hu Jintao. So thank you guys for listening and we'll speak with you all tomorrow.